the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to be with you. Shout out, if you missed it, at the top of the show to all those who I was able to meet and speak with last night at the Jim Jordan event, Delaware Republican Party, Delaware County Republican Party, in North Columbus, and loved uh, talking with you. Shout out to um, Sarah and Lisa and Sean and um, Frank. Love meeting you. Love your energy. And it was interesting hearing from Jim Jordan as well. I want to share with you an update, an update on the 10-year-old who was used by the left to point out how terrible Ohio's heartbeat bill is that precludes uh, kids getting, uh, uh, parents, well, not parents, future parents, if they wouldn't abort their child, pregnant women, there is no other kind of pregnancy, from getting an abortion. The 10-year-old. Remember? Oh, the 10-year-old. The 10-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 10-year-old. You had to go to Indiana to get an abortion. She was past six weeks. And turns out she was raped twice by an illegal alien named Gerson Fuentes. Now, Gerson Fuentes, uh, we came to know, was from uh, Guatemala. And as I said, he's an illegal alien. And he lived with the mom of the little girl that he raped twice. The mom told Telemundo that he did nothing wrong. That's what she told Telemundo. Okay. So what became of Gerson Fuentes? Well, he got charged. You knew that. And so he's in jail. And so who do you think is representing Gerson Fuentes? Do you think that uh, Gerson Fuentes is uh, sitting there in the lockup with his future freedom hinging upon the uh, talents of a court-appointed attorney, given the fact that he's, he's not, not you know, super gainfully employed. He might have a job at a restaurant or something like that. Attorneys are expensive. If you've priced one, the hourly rate can be uh, quite daunting. So who's representing Gerson Fuentes? Well, according to pjmedia.com, the reporter is Megan Fox, not local. It's a national organization that writes about uh, life issues. The headline on the story is, Why is the man suspected of raping a 10-year-old represented by prestigious law firms? Hmm. Well, my interest is piqued. How about yours? So, it starts out talking about an eviction notice that has been filed against Gerson Fuentes and the woman that he lives with, 
by a company called Sawmill Crossing, which owns the, the building where Fuentes and his reported wife, Lourdes Gomez, live with, here's the interesting part, live with the victim and the woman's other children. Now, if you're like me, you're like, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. How can the girl that he raped be forced to live under the same roof with him? Where's Franklin County Children's Services? That's a question that PJ Media wanted to know, too. So it looked into the case of the pending eviction of Gerson Fuentes, the woman that he lives with, and the reason behind the eviction is, what do you think? Criminal activity, right? The People who run Sawmill Crossing, they don't want a child rapist living in their property. So they're moving to evict him, which means that, you know, if you don't want to be evicted, what do you do? You go get an attorney, right? Also, who is Gerson Fuentes and Lord Gomez's attorney on this matter? Her name is Annika Lassley, a partner, a partner at a pretty prestigious law firm. Have you ever heard of Ice Miller? I've heard of Ice Miller. Ice Miller is a very prestigious law firm. Now, how does this guy afford an attorney from Ice Miller? Well, that question intrigued PJ Media as well. And so uh, they did a little bit more digging, a little bit more digging, a little bit more digging. And one of the questions that they wanted to find out in the process of their digging was, hey, Franklin County, uh, do those kids still live with Lords Gomez, their mom, and Gerson Fuentes, the guy who's accused of raping one of them when she was either 9 or 10 years old? Uh, the county does not answer PJ Media's question. They claim that the children have privacy, and so they will not answer that question. But it seems like a kind of an important question. In Franklin County, wouldn't we all like to know that our authorities are not allowing kids who are being victimized to be forced to live with the people who are accused of victimizing them? I, I would like to know that. I don't think PJ Media is alone in that. I bet they have a lot of company in that. But Franklin County will not answer that question. Uh, maybe somebody down at the, the dispatch will be, get, get interested in this case. Oh, no, I'm sorry. All they ever report is about the evils of Roe versus Wade being overturned. The bleeding hearts at the Columbus Dispatch, they really don't have any interest in this because, they, you know, they're, if they have to pick a dog in this fight, they're picking Gerson Fuentes. They're picking the guy who got a 9- or 10-year-old girl pregnant. They're picking, that's the side they're on. That's the side they're on. They've made it very clear. All their reporting is slanted that direction. Now, they have witnesses in Sawmill Crossing who've seen Fuentes and Gomez uh, with two boys around the ages of 10 to 12. They have not seen them with the girl who was would have been 8 or 9 at the time they moved in. That's even scarier. Why would they see the two boys and never see the girl? Is the girl not allowed to go out? This, to me calls into question how safe that girl is beyond the time she's being allegedly reportedly raped by Gerson Fuentes. Why is she not out there with the two boys? They're seen by neighbors. She's not. Mm, that's a problem. For me, it is. Apparently not for Franklin County. Now, 
Alyssa Lastly, who's representing them in the eviction case, is not, as it turns out, representing Fuentes in his criminal case. He has another attorney in his criminal case, and his criminal attorney is a guy named Brian Bowen of Luffman Heck and Associates, which is another private firm here in Columbus. Now, funny thing about Luffman Heck and Associates, PJ Media asked around legal circles in Columbus, tell me about this firm, what do you know about this firm? And one of the things that PJ Media reports is that Luffman Heck and Associates doesn't do public defense work. They aren't public defenders. They get paid. See, when you're really good at what you do, you can afford to charge people for what you do. You don't have to be doing the work of low-level attorneys. And oftentimes, attorneys who are court-appointed attorneys are low-level attorneys. They're trying to earn their chops. doesn't mean they're not good attorneys. They might be really good attorneys in training. But if they're not being paid very much, and they're not being paid very much, if they're Court-appointed attorneys are being paid like a standard rate, but it's not very lucrative, certainly not like somebody that you'd have to pay, say, from Bricker and Eckler or Vory Sater, Seymour and Pease, or certainly not Luffman Heck and Associates. Hmm. So he has an attorney from a firm that does not do public defense. Now, it is possible, of course, that uh, Mr. Bowman has taken this case just as a matter of personal service to... Gerson Fuentes, maybe he has a soft spot in his heart, Attorney Bowman does, for illegal aliens from Guatemala. Or it's also possible, this I think is very probable, actually, that someone else, someone else is footing the very large bill that I would imagine Brian Bowen of Luffman Heck and Associates is piling up in his defense of Gerson Fuentes because the left has a very very keen interest in Gerson Fuentes not being found guilty in this case because having an illegal alien in the country who rapes a 9- or 10-year-old girl and gets her pregnant is not a story that the left wants to tell because they don't want people to think things that, for instance, Donald Trump said often in his presidential campaign of 2016 about the fact that the people who are coming across the southern border are not always, sometimes they are, but not always, solid citizens. And when they commit crimes in our country, and make no mistake, raping a 9- or 10-year-old girl and getting her pregnant is a crime. Well, the left doesn't want that narrative out there. So this is uh, the situation with Gerson Fuentes. He has a battery of attorneys representing him on a host of charges. And PJ Media did a background on Annika Lassley, the one who's representing him in his eviction. And she was voted one of Columbus's top 25 attorneys this year. And guess what she once did on her legal resume? Guess who she once represented? Probably a coincidence. She represented Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Can you believe that? An attorney representing Gerson Fuentes once represented Planned Parenthood. The coincidences never end. They are taking the day off in their series of meetings, Columbus Teachers and the Columbus Board of Education. 
back at the bargaining table tomorrow. Sunday's the operative day. That's the day they will most likely vote to strike. And they could be on the picket lines as early as Monday, which would be two days before classes are set to resume. Uh, Zoom learning would be the alternative. If no contract agreement can be reached, I doubt that it will be reached. Unless, of course, the board caves, which is possible because every single member of the Columbus Board of Education was endorsed for election to the Board of Education by the Columbus Education Association. Yes, that's right. They are bargaining with people who they wanted on the board, and now they have them on the board, and they can't get what they want out of them on the board, and so they are threatening to strike. Two days before school is to start, giving parents of kids in Columbus who undoubtedly suffered the most in central Ohio during the pandemic because they just lost track of school. They don't have as much parental supervision at home. Hence, they disengaged from their lessons. And we're still, and I and will be for years, digging out from the educa- educational consequences of the pandemic. Now, I applaud the uh, Columbus Board of Education for trying something to get these teachers back to the table. But here's the deal. If you're going to strike and you're going to go with remote learning, well, it needs to be robust. It needs to be monitored. It needs to be effective enough that the teachers feel some compunction to come back to the bargaining table and drop some of their demands. The one, the one demand they have that I don't object to is that I do not think that it is a big ask to work throughout the district, to study throughout the district, in buildings that are air-conditioned. That is something that should be doable given all the money that the district received in uh, pandemic-related giveaways by the Biden administration and by the Trump administration. Let me say, you know, I was listening yesterday to... uh, someone laughing at the vaccines and how the vaccines have proven to be wholly ineffective and how unfair it is that Pfizer and Moderna are absolved from legal consequence and that uh, it's funny to them that uh, these big pharma companies are having to throw away multiple millions of doses. But you have to admit that the vaccine was the result of Operation Warp Speed and Here's the difference between the way Trump did Operation Warp Speed and then the way the vaccines have been treated since Biden became president. There was nothing wrong with the way Trump did Operation Warp Speed. He mobilized the health, the research. He streamlined the process. He distilled down what typically takes years and years and years and years to a previously unfathomable length of time to produce vaccines. Now, The speed of that compromised the normal, the word, I'm trying to figure out a word to say, basically the process wasn't as good, okay? Like when you hurry something to market, something that important, if you don't go through the normal procedures, and I I will allow that there's typical government bureaucracy that ties up those uh, things for a longer period of time than they need to, But Trump tried to get a vaccine to market quickly as possible so that could help people. I don't fault him for that. The the flaw in Donald Trump's COVID policy is that he listened to Anthony Fauci, Deborah Birx, Rochelle Walensky, and others. 
I understand why he did, because I can go back in my journal and I can find March of 2020 and I can remember how I sat down and was like, man, this is something. This is like a life event we're never going to forget. This is we're canceling sports seasons. We're shutting down businesses. Like I understood why at that point in time. Well, you trust in the public health emergency. You trust in the, trust in the public health officials. They're the ones. This is their game. This is their Super Bowl. They're supposed to know. Be ready for this kind of stuff. They're supposed to give you best practices. Can you imagine what the reaction would have been on the left if Trump had said in the beginning, ah, "I don't pay any attention to this Fauci character. Go to work. You'll be fine." I mean, they freaked out when Trump got COVID and went back to the White House and stood out on the balcony and said, don't fear COVID. And what happened recently when Biden got COVID? He stood on what looked like the same exact balcony and looked into a camera and said, I'm fine. Don't fear COVID. And everybody's like, wow, what a leader. Okay, so whatever Trump did during the pandemic, he did it amid a period of uncertainty and fear, which was well-placed. But after Biden came in office, once vaccines were approved and ready to go to market, once we had another, what, nine months of therapeutics? Well, then there should have been a more open attitude toward, oh, we put these things into practice and they're not working. Oh, myocarditis and other side effects are growing out of these vaccines. Oh, maybe this is not what we thought it was. Okay, we're going to have to tweak it. Instead, instead... Trump made mistakes without any data, without any information. He made mistakes trying to marshal all the forces to fix the problem. Biden's mistakes, and by the way, more people have died of COVID since Biden became president than died when Trump was president. And you'll say, oh, well, Biden's been president a lot longer. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Go back to March of 2020, count forward to the day Donald Trump left office. That many days at the beginning of the Biden administration, when he had vaccines, when he had therapeutics, when he had data, when he had much more information, more people died in that same space of days under Biden than did under Trump because he wouldn't listen. And his experts became more enamored of their own power. So did both guys make mistakes with COVID? Yes, absolutely. Are Trump's mistakes understandable? Yes. Are Biden's? Not really. Not really. Did you see the president yesterday? He came out for his little Inflation Reduction Act dog and pony show wearing a mask. Stupid. Doesn't save anything. Doesn't prove anything. Doesn't help at all. He comes out wearing a mask. And then he takes the mask off to do what? Cough into his hand. Cough into his hand. Hey, doofus, you wear the mask, presumably, and it's only presumably, to keep from blowing your germs out on people. What do you do when you cough? You project germs out. Oh, well, he covered his mouth. He was so polite, the president. Come on. Come on. So, Columbus City Schools, air conditioning, yeah, great idea. But all the other nonsense the teachers want, no, not going for it. Just like I'm not going for the fact that COVID's another big threat and we ought to trust the Biden administration, whatever it tells us. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.